It's time for JT the Brick. So we are open for business again, everybody. I had a dream that someday we'd have a flagship station with the cooperation of the team and the fans that stream globally. JT the Brick. Are we all on board with that? Because if you're not on board with this, you're going to have to enter a mental asylum. If you're not on board with this, it's going to drive you nuts. Jackpot, baby! And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you on a busy day. Thanks for joining us, as always, on the flagship of the Silver and Black, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. As I hit the air, and it's 103 degrees, and it's supposed to get to 109 today. Which is absolutely ridiculous. I thought the monsoon season, which I didn't get much of it where I live. I know some people out in Henderson, deep Henderson, got it more than us. But wow, man, are we getting it today, man. This is hot. This is hot. This is super hot. So be careful and be careful with those pets. I mention that because I have a dog, but a lot of people in town don't realize that a day like today can really screw things up. One mistake One mistake with a baby or a toddler in the car. One mistake with a pet. I've lived in Vegas since 1996. I've seen those horrific stories on the news. We're back to that temperature. So everybody be careful today. Look out for one another. And I think that's what it's going to look like here the rest of the week. Go cool off at PT's with the best happy hour in town. I'm there. 5 to 7, midnight to 2, the SG Bar. At the top of Flamingo, it's $1.80 Uber from my house. I love it there. Go there to watch, play fantasy. If you're building your fantasy football team, which should be done by now, we'll just get ready for some college football coming up. We'll get into college football here over the next couple of days as we have a big schedule coming up. Ohio State, Notre Dame is a monster. But today, we go over the Raiders' 53-man roster, and we get through the cuts, and we take a look at what the Raiders have done. And today, I'm specifically looking for some really sharp Raider fans that get it. And you all get it, but some just dive deeper into the preseason than even I do. And I'm around there a lot, as you know. But there are people that live and die with this roster. We'll have Levi Edwards coming up at the bottom of the hour. He studies it. He'll be good on this. So I went through this last night, and then I went on my SiriusXM show, and I took calls all over the country about players and all this. And it was a Leatherwood show nationally. Kind of blew me away. You know, Judge hit a home run in Anaheim. Serena Williams is playing tennis. But people were calling in on Alex Leatherwood being cut because it's so rare that a player in his second year, 17th overall, is no longer with the team. So the national media really picked up on that because we're still in summertime media. We're looking for anything before the start of football when we have real games to talk about. And the Leatherwood story was really big. So I thought Leatherwood would have made the team at the start of camp, but from watching him, being at the games, being in Canton, being at all the games with Eric Allen hosting the pregame show, we gave him every chance that we could to talk him up and to hope that he would make the team. I mean, why wouldn't you? Outland Trophy winner, two-time national champion, first-round pick for the Raiders. This is the, th- this is the type of guy you want to pull for. It's not an undrafted free agent that maybe makes the team or not. Or Thayer Mumford in the seventh round maybe making the team or not. This is the, this is the first-round pick. It's a big story. So he got cut, and he deserved to get cut. And the reason why he deserved to get cut is this coach, Josh McDaniels, who just met the media, explained it beautifully. And we'll, get, we'll turn that sound around here as soon as we get it. It's all about competition. The greatest competition coach that I've seen in the last 20 years is Pete Carroll. 
He called it Competition Thursdays up there. Remember the Legion of Boom? Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, Bobby Wagner, K.J. Wright, all those players, they were padded up. They were padded up in practice and had to compete even if they were pro bowlers and all pros. It was competition Thursdays, and they, they went to two Super Bowls winning one, won a bunch of NFC West division titles because everybody was treated the same way. You compete your ass off every day, and the best players are going to play. And Josh McDaniels made that clear about 40 minutes ago, that everybody that they gave a chance to was evaluated, and the players that got cut weren't good enough. Now, we have four undrafted free agents, and there's a bunch of players. I'll go position by position. And this is why I'm looking for some really good Raider fans today to dive into this, because this doesn't look perfect to me. It doesn't. And I don't think it's perfect, as Josh McDaniels said. He said it in the press conference. We're not perfect at this. And we know that Mike Mayock and John Gruden were far from perfect with their first-round picks that turned out to be bust and couldn't help this team. So as I'm looking for something to start the show with today, I figured that's the topic. Is the, the topic is, the, out of the respect that I have for Mayock and Gruden, and before that, Reggie McKenzie and Jack Del Rio, right? Go back as, you know, these tandems, head coach and GM. I respected them all. You know, I interview them. I know them all. Have good relationships with them. The previous regime buried this organization with first-round picks that puts the organization behind the eight ball, as we say. So it doesn't make it easier. If they left the cupboard full and Leatherwood turned out to be a great player, so you had Leatherwood at right tackle, Colton Miller at left, their first-round picks, you don't got to worry about them forever. And then all of a sudden you got Henry Ruggs third, and he's out wide with Waller and Devontae Adams, or maybe you don't have Devontae, but maybe you could still. You know where I'm going here. Then you look at Damon Arnett, a first-round bust, not pick, bust, and you say, well, you know, if he was really good, and he was really good as a perennial starter, then we wouldn't have to discuss Trayvon Mullen or Rocky Sin or whatever's happening here. So let me get that in to be fair on this show right out of the gate, that the previous regime, according to Michael David Smith from Pro Football Talk, really buried this organization more so than we thought with the high picks. Not all the picks. Hunter Renfro, Max Crosby. Nate Hobbs, there's some good players here, man. There's some good players here. But the picks under the Gruden-Mayock era, they got nothing out of it. And that's the reason there's such a big issue with this final roster and why the final roster doesn't look perfect. If you think of the players here, Clee Farrell, who made the team, which I wouldn't have been surprised if he didn't make the team. I mean, Clee Farrell is either not available or he doesn't make plays. And this is his last year, and maybe they think because of the depth of that position, he was one of the last roster spots. We'll root for Clay. Josh Jacobs didn't have his option picked up. And Jonathan Abram didn't have his options picked up. And Abram and Clee Farrell have struggled at times. I thought Jacobs has played well since he's been a Raider. Absolutely. But then you look at some of the players. Trayvon Mullen, who was just traded. He was a second-round pick. Traded to the Cardinals yesterday for a conditional seventh-round pick. And then the Raiders had three third-round picks recently in 2020. Lynn Bowden, Brian Edwards, and Tanner Muse, none of them still with the team. So that's the cupboard empty as Dave Ziegler had to go out and get new players. And it's tough. And as we go position by position, I want to ask you what you feel about this roster today. This is an emotional show because this is what I need to talk to you. Today is the day. The roster was released after we wrapped up the show yesterday, but now we have it. Do you feel really good about it 
Is there a hole or two that you see? Are you surprised by one player or another? Everything is wide open at 702-365-9200. I think they did their best. I really think the level of competition that they had in the longest training camp in modern Raider history, they used to have long ones back in the day when they played six preseason games, but they had the extra game as they played out in Canton, Ohio. Uh, This was a long preseason, a long training camp, and the competition was great. And I think all Raider fans would understand that point, that you got to feel pretty good that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler and Champ and everybody behind the scenes looked at this roster and had plenty of time to evaluate it. It wasn't like, oh, man, they had this guy for two weeks. They could barely get him in the game. They don't know. They're not sure. Come on. They had plenty of time to evaluate all of this and make some really good decisions. But some of them are undrafted guys who don't cost the organization much money because they're not making a lot of money. Alex Leatherwood got picked up by the Bears. Thank God, because of that, the amount of money that the Bears will pay for this now, which is good. I'll get to that in a minute. But other than that, I, I feel I kinda, I'm, I'm kind of iffy on this roster because I didn't expect Kenyon Drake and Demarcus Robinson to be gone. Those are two good players, really good players, but the offense seems to be loaded. I didn't expect Trayvon Mullen to be gone, but he couldn't get healthy to the point where he could prove that he deserved to be here. And I didn't expect Alex Leatherwood to be gone until about a week ago when I think everybody on the team, I don't think that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels had their mind made up with him two weeks ago. They put him out there. They let him play multiple positions. They started him. They benched him. They let him start the second half in Miami. Everything that happened, and he failed. Alex Leatherwood failed miserably as a football player, and it left him no choice but to cut him. But if you look behind the cuts... It's not like there's an all-star, all-pro, and a bunch of great players behind them. These are all players that won their position because of competition. That would be Jackson Barton, Lester Cotton Sr., Jermaine Illuminor, Andre James, Thayer Mumford Jr., Dylan Parham, and John Simpson. I don't think anybody listening to my voice would put those guys in the same group as Dave Dalby, Art Shell, Gene Upshaw, Jim Otto, Henry Lawrence, and Lincoln Kennedy, to name a few. They're not. So they have to play their ass off and exceed the expectations of not only the coaching staff, but you, the great fans of the Raider Nation. And it's clear that they were going to keep their draft picks. And Mumford is a seventh-round pick, and he might start, but uh, listening to Josh McDaniels, I'll let you hear what he said about him. Dylan Parham is a guy who can play multiple positions, so I think he starts the year as a backup. And you're counting on Jermaine Illuminor and Andre James and Lester Cotton Sr. to hold the fort up for Derek Carr. Okay, that's what you got. I've said from day one, I thought that Dave Ziegler would get another offensive lineman. He hasn't as I hit the air today, but they're going through it. They're looking through the waiver wire, and maybe he finds someone here. I think that Dave Ziegler was trying to make a trade. I think he was very active there. But we'll see what plays out here over the next couple of days. There's no way with eight offensive linemen they don't get a ninth. They're going to need it. They're going to need someone. And hopefully it's a recognizable name. Because if I missed on that, I'll be the first to say I missed that. I thought today when I hit the air, they'd have another offensive lineman that we'd be talking about as a swing tackle or a starting right tackle. But as Josh said, the head coach, they seem to be pretty good with what they have. So that's on the offensive line as we open up the show. So Raider Nation. I got a $50 Grimaldi's gift card to give away for the best call locally. It's got to be a Vegas call. 
to do that because Grimaldi's best pizza in town is here in Vegas. Tell me what you think of that offensive line that I just mentioned. This is your final group. Maybe there's room for one more going into the start of the season against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack and J.J. Watt and the rest of this lineup. How do you feel about it on a scale of 1 to 10? How do you feel? How would you rate it, A, B, C, or D? It's good to get you on record with this because I'm on record. I don't think it's a really good offensive line. Is it an offensive line that has upside? Better hope it does. If, if it doesn't, have upside with these guys playing better. This team needs Andre James, and they need Lester Cotton Sr. and John Simpson to play above their ability. And they have to play better than what we've seen. And then we'll see what happens. Colt Miller, I think, is a rock star on the left tackle position. He'll do it all. And it comes back to Derek Carr needing to keep a tight end in or to keep a fullback in or a running back to chip and block because this offensive line is not considered one of the best in all of football by a long shot. So Leatherwood is gone, and what's behind Leatherwood now that they're here? All these guys competed better than Leatherwood. The reason why Leatherwood got cut and the rest of these guys are here, the other eight guys, is they outplayed him. So I think they deserve that, but I want to test your temperature on that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to move to the defensive line where I think the stars on the defensive line are the key. They can't afford any injuries. Max Crosby has to be healthy, along with Chandler Jones. They have to play the majority of snaps. Got to get something out of Malcolm Coots. Bilal Nichols has got to be healthy, along with Kendall Vickers. Matthew Butler, another draft pick who I interviewed, blew me away. Deshaun Bauer, Andrew Billings. And I get back to Jonathan Hankins, Big Hank. He's got to be available. Hankins can't just be a guy. Hankins has got to be really good. Or why is he on this roster? There should be someone younger competing for his position. So he made the roster. He's got to be healthy, and he's got to play. And I'll say it again on Cleland Farrell. Cleland Farrell is a backup, defensive tackle, edge rusher. You can move him around. These coaches like moving people around. And Patrick Graham's defense is going to go 3-4-4-3. They're going to move people around. That's why it's really important for guys like Divine Diablo and Malcolm Kuntz from the previous regime to step up and play well, or they will not be here. There was another important point that Josh McDaniels made in his press conference when he talked about it. He, he mentioned the fact that he's not just looking at this roster this year. That was a telling sign to me because that's why you have four undrafted free agents. You know, they made the team this year. Will they make it next year? I don't know. I mean, do you, can you actually say that Luke Masterson is going to be here next year and guarantee me that? No, you can't, but he got an opportunity this year. So when you look at players like that, four undrafted free agents, an offensive line which is very pedestrian, which is a compliment. Then we go to the safety position. I was surprised they had five safeties. But Deron Harmon has played in a lot of big games. Trayvon Merrick, we know. Jonathan Abram. Roderick Teamer to me is a guy. You know, he's a guy that you know plays special teams, and you know you can put him in there in a pinch. He's not Derwin James. Okay, so these guys there at the safety position, we got Jonathan Abram again, out on an island in the passing game. I'm happy that John made the team, and he improved, and everybody said clearly he improved. He deserved to be here. But at the start of this year, this offseason, I thought that he could be a cap casualty. And he, he might not make the team unless he improved. And Patrick Graham obviously saw him and looked at him and thinks he could be that type of player that he needs. So good for Jonathan Abram. He deserves a lot of credit. 
And clearly the development of Trayvon Merrick is very important in center field because the Raiders have got to be good on the back end. Then we go to cornerbacks. Nate Hobbs, which we got right. We told you he's going to start on the outside, I believe, opposite Rocky Asin, and they can move him in on the inside. Amik Robertson, I don't think he's a great player. I've been saying that for the last couple of years. I do not think he is an impact player, period. Hopefully he, he, he does well this year. They liked him. Anthony Averett was brought in to be a guy who could spot start, start maybe as a starter or come in throughout the game with this hybrid defense that they're going to be playing. And then Sam Webb is a great story. You know, from seeing him, he really deserved to make the team. He did everything you needed to do to go make the team. So when I look at the cornerbacks, I look at the safeties, I look at the offensive line, and I don't see a lot of superstars. But I see a lot of stars throughout the team spread out and sprinkled all over the team. And then we get to the linebackers, which is my favorite position. Denzel Perryman played great last year, went to the Pro Bowl. He's got to be just as good. We mentioned Masterson. Divine Diablo is a hybrid. He can do a lot of things. Darian Butler really, I thought, shined when he needed to to make the team. And Jayon Brown could play. So these linebackers, Ray Lewis is not walking in that door. They don't have an elite linebacking core. They don't. They don't. It's Denzel Perryman. And a bunch of guys who have to prove to Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. So my big takeaway today as we open up the show. Oh, and six running backs. Woo. Six running backs. Josh Jacobs, Johnson, the fullback. Zeus, Samir White, Brandon Bolden, Britton Brown, Amir Abdullah. Okay, there's going to be a couple of players that don't play. Special teams players. I think the big takeaway there is they're going to have fresh legs. You're going to see if Josh Jacobs really wants to run the football against certain matchups. Maybe Arizona is a good example. Maybe Arizona, because they usually have a good secondary, they decide they want to run the ball at J.J. Watt and wear him out. Well, they got the backs to do it. They clearly have the backs to do it. They are going to send this team is going to have a bunch of running backs running it down your throat. And maybe that is a hint here that they're better at run blocking than they are pass protection. And they can go down that road too. Quarterback, <laughs> excuse me, Derek Carr, Jared Stidham. You know, we're great there. Well, let's go through the stars before I get out to your calls at 702-365-9200. Let's go through the stars that this team has that the people who like the Raiders often talk about. It's Derek Carr. Josh Jacobs is a really good running back in this league. Darren Waller, who changed agents to Drew Rosenhaus, looking for a contract. He's a superstar. Colt Miller, I think, is going to start this year going to the Pro Bowl. Then we have two superstars on the defensive line, and Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. See, I'm just mentioning the stars. Denzel Perryman is a really good player. And then, you know, I think you could say A.J. Cole and Daniel Carlson are really good special teamers. So the final point that I want to make, ladies and gentlemen, is a really important one. If Gruden and Mayock, good guys, guys that I worked with for years, if Gruden and Mayock hit on a couple of more first-round picks, the Raiders wouldn't be in this situation with four undrafted free agents, an offensive line that doesn't have you know a player at the level of Rodney Hudson <laughs> or some of the players that we've been talking about. So they these coaches did a hell of a job trying to get this roster together because of the failures in the first round over the last couple of years, the disastrous picks that ended up getting cut or moved really hurt this team. 
and they only had so much to work with, and I think they did an exceptional job trying to put together this 53-man roster. So that's where we're going on this. I want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. Evan in Marietta, California on the Raiders mobile app. Start us off. Hey, JT. uh, Love your show. Just a couple of points. Uh, I think the offensive line played really good at the end Mm -hmm. of last year. Uh, they're very young, and just like a, you know the Cowboys when they won their two Super Bowls, they had all these great young players, but it took uh, at least one year and, and maybe two before they gelled. But right. I can see the Raiders gelling, and I think their offensive line is going to be much improved like it was at the end of last year. Against the Chargers, I thought they ran very effectively, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and I think they're going to be much improved, and I think they're going to be maybe average to above average. And I, I love the um, response that the Raiders have done, which is aggressive in getting some really top-notch players, but measured in not spending money yeah. just arbitrarily and not just throwing money at the at the uh, first free agent out there. So I, I really think this regime has done a great job. I, I think our young players are, are going to have the benefit of playing together for a few years, and uh, I think we're going to be a really good team, much better than last year. And I liked our team last year. Mm-hmm. And, and finally, um, regarding Mick and Gruden, you know, they, they had some great picks. It was uh, in the later rounds of the draft, like, yep. you know, obviously Max Crosby and things like that. But the trouble with um, wasting your first-round picks is you spend all that money and you're tied with them for four yeah. to five years. And, and so it, it also leads to salary cap uh, hell. But uh, I'm very thankful that the Bears – uh, picked up Alex Leatherwood. I wish him well, and that really is a, a kind of a benefit for us too. So uh, I really like our direction. I really liked our aggressive but measured response, and I think our offensive line is going to be much improved this year. And I really appreciate your uh, your time. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I appreciate your call. Thanks for checking in. Thank you very much. So you know, I, again, the, the draft picks that failed, they failed. They're no longer here. Cost money, and it's an embarrassment. It actually is an embarrassment to the team. That so many top picks aren't here. I mean, your top picks at a minimum should go for five years. Even if they don't get their fifth-year option picked up, they should play their fifth year. And a lot of guys weren't able to do that. We couldn't look ahead and see the tragedy to Ruggs. There's complete blame for you know having a bad guy or a guy who makes a mistake. That happens. It happens. But, I mean, come on. Come on. I mean, I hosted these draft shows the last couple of years, and when they made these picks... You looked at Cleland Farrell. I remember that pick because I was on the top of Dre's nightclub. I tell that story. Marcel Reese, a gal by the name of Nicole Zalumis. Everybody looked at me, me, and said, who is he? And I'm like, I got it. I do a national radio show. I cover Clemson. I know who he is. He's a great player. He's the captain of their defense. So I had to go on stage with the microphone. Everybody was in shock. Everyone's sitting on the top of Dre's nightclub going, what? Who the hell is that? And then we, you know, we started talking about his leadership, a captain of a defense, a national championship team, guy who's tough, physical, and all that. He didn't live up to it, but he's still on the team now. So you back him, you get behind him, and you hope that he's going to play at a really high level. We have sound here on Ian Rappaport as he sums up exactly what happened with Alex Leatherwood, who, again, was picked up by the Bears today. So the Raiders get a bit of a gift, not responsible now. They get that for that $5.9 million, whatever the number is. That's a big deal as he was cl- quickly picked up in the Midwest. Here's Rappaport. Maybe the biggest cut yesterday, one of the biggest cuts, Alex Leatherwood, the former Las Vegas Raiders first-round pick from literally just last year. Struggled to tackle, struggled to guard. 
Uh, clearly, this new regime more than willing to move on from some of the mistakes of the old regime. Tried to shop him to every team, got 31 no's, ended up not being able to trade Alex Leatherwood, who has three years and $5.1 million fully guaranteed on his contract. He was waived, so now we will see if someone claims him today. They parted ways with a couple others from the previous regime. Trayvon Mullen was traded to the Arizona Cardinals as well. So that was from yesterday or early this morning, and he ended up with the Bears, which is good for Alex Leatherwood. And there's a connection with former Raider offensive line assistant coaches over there, and maybe that'll be good for Alex to get a fresh start there. Again, Alex Leatherwood played hard for the Raiders. It didn't work out. You wish him well. You wish him well. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Guys come and go all the time. So Leatherwood, who has three years and 5.9 fully guaranteed, there was picked up from the Bears, and good news that the Raiders aren't on the hook for that. So a lot of other players are getting picked up today, but not, not too many notable players, not any players that are so shocking there. We'll go through the list a little bit later on in the show. Jared in Vegas, thanks for calling. We appreciate it. Well, welcome. Hey, JT. Um, you know, that is good news that Alex got picked up. Um, good for Alex and uh, good for us that we're not on the hook. That was something that was a bit concerning for me. As far as the offensive line goes, I want to say I think we're a D as we sit right now. We're a D because we have Colton Miller, and he's a stud, no doubt about it. But the rest of the line, a question mark. Um, you know, John Simpson, Andre James still, you know, <laughs> gives me, um, you know, some fear on the way he hikes the ball in shotgun. He's a work in progress. Yeah, he's doing better. He's an average at best player. Yeah. Um, and then that whole right side is, is definitely going to be a question mark. So I think we can get to a C. I think we can be average, mm -hmm. but we got a lot of work. We got a lot of work yeah, ahead of us. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. I like what Jackson Barton does. Um, for me, he's, he's a, he's a low key guy that I think can actually take control of the right side. I, I know it's hard to learn, um, left. I mean, right. If you've been playing left you know, your whole career. But I, I, I think he's an animal. I think he can definitely uh, take control of it. I don't see much out of Illuminor other than being a, you know, a swing kind of guy. Mm -hmm. I like Dylan. I think Dylan Parham can yeah, definitely I like him do too. some things. And um, so that's where we're at. That's, that's how I see it. It's, it's very concerning that a team that has put, that Mark has put so much into is, is going into the season with what I see, see as a D- offensive line and you know it's it's concern yeah well hopefully it'll end up being better than that as i said i'm trying to yeah you got doing my, appreciate, appreciate the call thank you i'm doing my best to try to make, make this glasses half full because i love the fact of how they went through these guys and prepared them and the level of competition was intense and guys played multiple positions so with all of that combined i'm, I'm pretty good with what josh mcdaniels had to say you'll hear some of that press conference if you didn't catch it live at 11 o'clock, as we ran it on Raider Nation Radio, I'll be in the building tomorrow. I'm off tomorrow. State of the team, Harry Ruiz will be in my place here. I'm sure Harry's going to have a lot of opinions, so please support Harry. And we'll see. And then we kind of have a bi-week weekend in Raider Nation before next week. We're off on Labor Day. And then we come back and we are right in, right into our coverage for the Chargers. I've already confirmed all of our insiders. They're all slotted. They start next week. And it's going to be balls out. Sports is about balls. It's going to be balls out. I got a grid of great insiders, guests, alumni, Hall of Famers from noon to two, plus our great partnerships, our live remotes, 
everything we're going to do on this show. You know, it was a long, hot summer, and now it's going to remain hot as of today. Look at this. And we're going to take a little bit of a breather, and then we're going to jump into the Chargers, and hopefully that's going to be an unbelievable victory on the road. We'll be broadcasting live from M Resort Spawn Casino for the Raiders' road games for the pregame show, so make sure you find us there. 702-365-9200. Levi Edward will join us coming up from inside the Raiders. Very good at this roster. Actually, real good. Levi Edwards, because he was there every day with his camp notebook. He knows these guys better than I do, especially the undrafted guys who made the roster, and we'll go through this roster and how it looks. You're listening to the flagship of the Las Vegas Raiders. Tight to the line on the right next to Illuminor. Sit him under center. Snap. Pitches to the left. Samir White at the 10. Has the 5. Racing to the pylon. TDLB. Raiders in the end zone. They capitalize on the Masterson interception. White with his second touchdown of the preseason. And the Raiders go in front of the Patriots. 9-0 deep in the first. Zeus on the run. JT back with you. Thanks for coming back. Brought to you by... Resorts World, the newest and most elaborate property on the Strip. Head to Red Tail and jump the line for Zook Nightclub or meet us at Doghouse Saloon. That's our home for Monday night football throughout the season. I'm at Resorts World, home of 8 Cigar Lounge. Love it there. Levi Edwards, kind enough to join us, the digital reporter for the Raiders and part of our team of insiders you'll hear every two weeks throughout the season here and. Levi, this is right up your alley, man, with your notebook and everything you've done this year. So let's get a big picture from you right out of the gate. Were you surprised by the four undrafted free agents? Were you surprised by the players who weren't here over the last couple of weeks? What do you think of the roster? When it comes down to uh, the undrafted free agents or undrafted rookie guys, uh, I would definitely say I was not surprised just when you look at the production that each one of the four was able to produce throughout training camp and throughout the preseason games. Luke Masterson and Darian Butler are both guys that led the team in tackles throughout the preseason. And Darian Butler also has familiarity with the linebackers coach, uh, who Antonio Pierce, they were together at, at Arizona State. And Luke Masterson kind of fits that bill of uh, the coverage safety, that the coverage linebacker that they want to have. Uh, who converted over from safety, and you saw that he has those skills with the interception on uh, Mac Jones. Sam Webb came in, and he fought really hard in the last two preseason games and really showed that he deserves a chance to be on this roster just with the way that he played and the way that he was able to just kind of stay a little sticky in coverage and really make sure that he didn't give up any big gains. And as for uh, Paul Malu, he has that—he has the, the Paul Malu gene. He, mm-hmm. you know, he has that great safety that great safety ability in his blood. And on top of that, uh, what people, he is probably the most surprising one out of the four to an outsider perspective. But when it comes down to it, he played some big-time football at USC, and he's 6'4", 220. He has the the build. Uh, And if they can just kind of hone his skill set into what he already is capable of doing physically, he could be a very productive player. So definitely not surprised uh, for guys that Josh McDaniel said in the press conference today, put their head down and kept grinding. So 
I really like the hard work that they put in, and, and so far it's paid off. Levi Edwards is our guest from the Raiders, that digital reporter. He's had everything, press conferences, practice. What did you notice from Jonathan Abram where he distinguished himself there with Deron Harmon and all the big games he's played in for the Patriots organization and Trayvon Merrick, who's a lock to be the center field of free safety? How good was Jonathan Abram in camp all year and in the preseason? I think Jonathan Abram really looked good. He definitely seems as a player that is on a mission to do something great. I really do truly believe that Deron Harmon coming in and doing what he's been doing, he kind of fits the bill of Casey Hayward, where Casey Hayward came in and he was the veteran guy that really built up the camaraderie of that room. And I believe that he has done the same thing with Jonathan Abram and Trayvon Merrick. I believe that the three together are going to be, they're going to build each other up and also pick each other up when they need to. I feel like Deron Harmon coming in was a great addition to that room. Levi Edwards is our guest, so let's go to the offensive line. The elephant in the room is the cut of Alex Leatherwood. Chicago picks him up. They'll pay the freight. We wish him well. And now the depth on the offensive line. Uh, Are you surprised there's not a new offensive lineman in there today? I'm assuming Dave Ziegler is scouring, looking for another one, considering the depth is at eight, not nine. What are you thinking? I, I am a little surprised that they kind of want a day go by without picking someone up off of waivers. But at the same time, uh, I was on did a I was talking on Bleacher Report yesterday about the offensive line just because it's something that comes up so frequently about people having questions. And what I truly believe is that this is an offensive line, or just not even an offensive line, but just an offense in general. You just can't come off the street and just learn it in a day. It's very complex, and there's a lot of intricacies behind it. And so Dave Ziegler is going to find another offensive lineman that's not just a good, productive offensive lineman, but a smart man who might have familiarity within this offense. So I would not be impatient when it comes to finding more depth for the offensive line. If they believe that they need it, they'll go get it, and they're going to find the right fit. They're just not going to go find some offensive lineman they believe will you know fit the need they, they want somebody who could potentially compete for a spot just with everything that's happened so far this offseason with depth and competition playing such a huge role uh they're going to find someone who they don't believe will just fill a roster spot but mm-hmm. someone that can come in and actually play or potentially start if they need them to yeah i agree with you i think they look for players specific players who fit a need, and then they have the ability to play multiple spots. That's what we learned about this team, not only in training camp, in the preseason. You have to be versatile. You have to be able to do more and more things. Levi Edwards, as we wrap it up, the digital reporter for the Raiders. At Raiders, find him at the Levi Edwards, and help him out. He's almost at 10,000 followers. Give him a follow. You know at, what? What's that? JT, I appreciate the plug, man, because I've literally been counting down to 10k for like the past week and it's th- these last 100 followers have been it feels like the hardest thing to oh to we'll get you life. that hey yeah. everybody raider nation give this guy a follow on twitter put him over 10,000 he's right here there it, 10, it's the l-e-v-i-e-d-w-a-r-d-s okay let's jump in here that uh six running backs wow I mean, wow. And when I look at that, I say they're blocking backs because if the offensive line is an elite, they're going to have to pick up in coverage and they're going to have to understand protection. So I'm pretty confident 
that everyone who made this roster in the running back room could all pick up blitzes and blocks. They better, because if the offensive line struggles a little bit, this is the last line of defense in the backfield. How do you see it? I also see it in that regard, just because you have several good blocking backs that out of those six, uh, a couple that stand out to me, of course, you have Brandon Bolden. You have Jakob Johnson as the fullback. Uh, Britton Brown has been able to show that he can pick up blocks as well and do his thing. Samir White uh, is someone who's also trying to develop in that in that realm. However, he has the body for it. He's a physical specimen. He's, he loves contact. So he's a guy with continuous coaching up. He can fill that role as well. But at the same time, when it comes down to it, Joshua Daniels said it, uh, he was just trying to fill the roster with the best guys available out of what he had. And so he didn't have a set number for how many running backs he wanted. It could have been five, four, three. It didn't matter. Uh, He looked at the roster and he evaluated and said these five running backs deserve to make the roster. And I truly believe Mm -hmm. in my heart of hearts if they would have cut Britton Brown the preseason he had, he wouldn't have been there for the practice squad. He was going to get picked up just with the way that he played. That's just my personal opinion, and I believe that they made the right decision. They had five guys who looked adequate, not only just adequate, but guys that could come in and legitimately play and get snaps and carries. You'll always have a fresh running back, especially in a league like this, how physical competitive it is. You have to have a fresh back. So I truly believe that it was uh, the right decision. Of course, things can always change. You know, The season is so long, and people will get cut and go to practice squad and come back and so on and so forth. So uh, things will change. Things always change, but I really do believe that these five running backs plus Jakob who can run and block will be very beneficial for the Raiders this season. All right, last one. It's got to be Darren Waller from here on out. you got Drew Rosenhaus as an agent. Everybody's taking the high road on this, not making it a contract controversy. We know where to stay in our lane. I, I never get involved with money when it comes to a player. It's none of my business until they sign and we report on the number. But uh, Josh McDaniel said he's back to work today. Back at practice, we need him to be at his best going into L.A. to take on the Chargers. He's got to be double-teamed. Derwin James is healthy in that game, and the Chargers are coming. So I want to hear great things about Waller. Are you encouraged that Darren Waller is going to hit the field and practice his ass off and be ready for Los Angeles? He hasn't shown me any different. Uh, So with that being said, he hasn't shown me any different from the time that I've been here in Las Vegas and I've seen him practice with the same – hard work and determination every day. He doesn't take days off in practice. He, he doesn't go through the motions. Uh, Darren Waller is the kind of guy that will always be competitive. And it's good to have someone like that in your locker room with a lot of other guys that are always competitive. When your star players are competitive and they're bringing it every day, it trickles down to the rest of the roster. So despite whatever health things Darren Waller is going through right now, uh, despite whatever – outside stuff is going on with him right now uh if he's ready to play and he's healthy week one he's going to give it his all in, in los angeles thanks levi thanks for joining our insider team i'll see you out at the building tomorrow thanks for coming on most definitely thank you jt levi edwards he's really good digital reporter he's thorough i want guys here that we can go guys and gals who are thorough and know what they're talking about so he's a big time with the digital team there with fresh content every day the type of content you look for if you're a Raider fan. Look, Darren Waller's got Drew Rosenhaus. Drew Rosenhaus represented Rob Gronkowski.
okay, Rob Gronkowski is the greatest modern tight end of all time. They'll get the deal done. I don't know what, exactly what's happening again. I'm confident that a deal will be done with Darren Waller, but he's got to be available. He's got to practice this week hard. He's got to be peaking at the right time going into the Charger game because of Derwin James. Derwin James is the best safety. He's the highest paid safety in football. He is going to be a beast in that game. He's going to blitz. He's going to line up deep. He's going to try to hit the tight end. He's going to try to take out wide receivers. Waller changes everything. Devontae needs to be double teamed, and Waller needs to be double teamed. But Waller isn't going to be double teamed if he lines up as a tight end, as a blocking tight end, and is chipping away and pass protecting. Waller's going to be double teamed if he's lined up wide or he's lined up in the slot. He'll have a corner on him and a safety over the top. That'll be Derwin James. This is big. I mean, the key to this discussion on this offensive line, everybody, is the double team of Devontae and Waller opening it up for Mac Hollins, Hunter Renfro, and the other wide receivers in single coverage. And the ability to catch, spring, uh, uh, to catch a lot of swing passes, screen passes. So it's all going to come down to this offense being ready to get the ball out quickly. The way Tom Brady did his entire career. Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. And the ball always came out quickly. And that's what's going to happen with Derek Carr. I can't sit here on the flagship of the Raiders and tell you that Carr's going to have the time that Stabler had. You saw all the video of Stabler looking like a statue. We'd have the ball at his side. He'd be standing up like a statue, waiting, waiting for Freddie or Cliff to get open because he had the time. Derek is not going to have the time with this offensive line, at least not to the best of his ability. There'll be plays where he'll have time. There'll be plays where he'll be able to move outside the pocket and move the pocket. But every game until this offensive line proves that they can play at a high level, Derek is going to have to get the ball out to someone who's in single coverage or Devontae and Waller beating the double team. That's how I see the whole season. And the drives have to be long. And I think the reason why they carried six running backs is they want these drives to be long. On third and one, third and two, they don't have to pass it and look for a tip ball or a ball blocked at the line of scrimmage. You can hand it off with these fresh legs and pick up a big first down and get a new fresh set of downs, and the Raiders can continue to attack. Time of possession, running the ball, and Derek getting the ball out quickly. Some of the things we'll be talking about heading into the Charger game. Just we're texting with my friends at Sam and Ash. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. We'll have them on throughout the course of the season. If you get into an accident, be safe. Get to the side of the road. Don't talk to anybody until you talk to Sam and Ash. SamAndAshInjuryLaw.com because you deserve what's right. Craig Camarillo, former wide receiver in the NFL, now an NFL analyst, will join us next hour. And we're pretty wide open to talk to you today about the Raider roster as they cut down to 53. Jones play action, rolling to his right, points down the field, throwing and intercepted, Masterson at the 40, cross midfield, Masterson at the 40, 35 and dragged from behind, Luke Masterson, one of those players trying to make the roster with a big defensive stop, and he's got the Raiders set up in Patriots territory, 5.02 to go in the quarter. Jason Horowitz on the call, and he made the team, Luke made the team there, how about that, couple big plays. It's a good example of how you make a team. Four undrafted players made this team. Undrafted players under a no regime. 
and guys who are under contract and guys who have been here from the former regime were cut or traded. So I'm going on Arizona radio today at 245 to talk about Trayvon Mullen on their flagship station. I'm going to say the same thing. Trayvon's a good player. I thought he was better at Clemson than he was with the Raiders. He flashed at times, but he wasn't healthy enough. And he's an expensive potential player. He's a second-round pick, and the Raiders put him in a competition situation where he wasn't available for all of camp out on the field, and it cost him his job. They traded him. So we'll watch him well here. But the initial roster is up, and you can find it at Raiders.com. And you can go position by position if you want to get through. Number 702-365-9200. All right, so John Gruden made national news because he spoke at the Little Rock Quarterback Club. And you know, why he was there, I don't know. Uh, I believe this is the beginning of the apology tour, which needs to happen. Here's what John Gruden said on the record. I'm not going to uh, say anything but honest things here. I'm ashamed about uh, what has uh, come about in these emails, and I'll make no uh, excuses for it. It's just, it's, it's shameful. But uh, I am a good person. I believe that. I, I'm, I, I go to church. I've been married for 31 years. I got three great boys. I still love football. I've made some mistakes, but I don't think anybody else in here hasn't. Uh, and I just ask for forgiveness, and hopefully I get another shot. Yeah, and he's looking for another shot. All the guy does is coach. He's just an animal at coaching and getting up and looking at film, and he's consulting with other players around the league. Maybe his shot is college football. I think he wants to get back into pro football. I never supported the content of those emails, but as I told you, I'm very familiar with all the parties involved in this situation, and I think he's going to clear his name. I think he's got the NFL and the individuals who they're searching for who leaked those emails to his friend, Bruce Allen, former Raider senior assistant, and I think it's going to come back to clear his name with the NFL. I think the NFL is going to lose in court to John Gruden. I've said that from day one. He doesn't want to go to arbitration, doesn't want a settlement. He wants to clear his name. More from John Gruden, what he said at the Little Rock Quarterback Club. I get choked up, you know, because uh, there's a lot of misunderstanding out there right now. What you read, what you hear, what you watch on TV. Hell, I worked at ESPN for nine years. I worked hard at that job. I don't even want to watch the channel anymore uh, because I don't believe everything is true. Uh, and I know a lot of it is, is just trying to get people to watch. But I think we got to get back to reality, and that's why I look forward to Saturdays because you're going to get what you deserve when the whistle blows, and we'll see if the Razorbacks can get after Cincinnati, which I hope they do. So that was an interesting comment because he was the highest-paid employee for a long time at ESPN when he was the analyst for Monday Night Football. Stephen A. Smith, my friend, is the highest-paid now by a long shot. And he took a shot at ESPN, and that was – I wouldn't say it was surprising to me. A lot of people believe what he says about that. I like ESPN. I host two radio shows a day. I have to watch it. I watch it, and I, look, I watch SportsCenter. I watch Pardon the Interruption. A lot of their other shows are true garbage, absolute garbage, that it's just filler. It's just people on Zooms and sitting around and, and trying to play games, and you know they got shows where you get three points for an answer, then they take away two, and then you get one point, and ding, ding, ding. It's garbage. We're living in a time where there's never been more garbage on sports table, cable television. The good shows, the great shows, you can name on one hand. It might be Outside the Lines on ESPN. It might be a certain show. Maybe you do like First Take. Maybe you can't get enough of Skip Bayless, which I doubt. But there's less and less. It's all filler. But the strength of these cable networks are live broadcast, which is college football coming up right here. So John Gruden had a lot to say there. 
Very interesting, and I think he'll be vindicated. Not because of what he said in those emails. They were shameful, as he said. We'd never support that. But the way they were leaked, who knew about them, and who's eventually going to get caught for leaking those emails? Josh McDaniels Press are some highlights coming up next on the flagship of the Raiders.